Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Once again, welcome to the place I talk about a lot of dad stuff, as well as a lot of guy stuff, and hopefully other topics that you find interesting. Anyways, thank you for being here. I really do appreciate you listening. And if you like what you hear, then please pass the word on and tell a friend or a coworker or a stranger on the sidewalk about this show. That would be really awesome. And if you don't like what you hear, then then maybe just don't tell anyone and let's just keep the secret between us, okay? All right, so school is back, baby. School is here. As you hear this anyways, my girls have gone to their first day of class. And all of us, my kids, my wife, myself, we are all very excited to get this going again. I think a lot of you can relate with that. Summer break is great, but it's time to get these kids into school and get them on a structured schedule and get them out of our house for a little while, right? And I think actually my wife and I are probably a little more excited than the kids, but you know, that's okay. We actually had their little meet the teacher earlier this week and that went really well. I thought there was going to be some nerves and jitters, but my girls really took it all in stride. They they were, they were ready to go. Kennedy, my youngest one, she was a little bit nervous, a little bit uh, skittish on the first day, but she did just fine. No tears, so that's perfect. And my older daughter, Olivia, she rides the bus, so we walked her down to the bus stop, and she lined up with all the other students, and, and she was happy. She took off. So, But like I said, it'll be nice to just get them on a schedule, get them into a routine, get them back around their classmates again. And it'll be nice for me to have a couple days off where I can really try to focus on my things and get a couple things done. Because Kennedy's only going two days a week. So I'll at least get two days to focus on this stuff, right? And maybe I'll get that tea time set as well. So actually, speaking of golf, I wanted to do a quick recap on the kids golf that I talked about the other week. Well, since my wife has started a new job, she's had busy work days here lately. I thought she would appreciate a quiet house for a while. So I decided to load the girls up, take them over to the golf range in the practice facility for a couple hours, solo by myself. So it was just me and my two daughters. Well, I tried the coin thing. And if you don't remember what the coin thing was, it's pretty much bribing my kids with money to not act like little negative attitude jerks when stuff doesn't go their way. Well, it worked. It was amazing. It, it worked really, really well. It was actually a really great experience for all of us, for my kids and I. We all enjoyed golfing, and uh, they were happy. No complaints. I told them beforehand, before we got down there, that, hey, I'll give you a coin for every shot that you take and you don't get mad or angry or really upset over. And they actually really adhered to it. They didn't have any problems. I gave them a couple pointers, and I didn't really try to quote-unquote coach them, and I think that really helped as well, trying to change what they're doing, and I really pushed the idea of let's just have fun. We're just going to have fun. We're not going to be the next Tiger Woods Jr. or whatever. We're just going to have fun. So if you happen to find yourself in that situation and you want to motivate your kids to where they try new things or don't complain, try bribery. Really, try bribery. It, uh, it works. And I think the coins are better than candy. They're better than treats to eat, I think. I mean, Olivia, my oldest daughter, she really didn't even want to go. She was kind of like, no, Dad, I don't want to go golfing. Until I told her about, hey, if you play and have fun, 
and don't complain and get really and be really hard on yourself, then I'll give you a coin. And then she was on board. And I also told them it's okay to not be happy with the way things go. And I was a prime example of that. I had some shots that were, were terrible. And I said, hey, look, I didn't do my best, but you don't see me getting upset. We just take it in stride and we, we keep forging on. All right, so enough of the chit-chat. What I really wanted to get into today and talk about was something that I've been thinking about for a bit. Well, mainly since I turned 40 back in June. It's a, it's a big turning point, people say. And I mean, that's why we have the big 4-0 party, right? It's a, it's a midlife age. I mean, if I live till I'm 80, then that means that I'm halfway done with this whole game. I know that might be not the best way to look at it, but it's kind of true. Kind of scary, too. Well, I came across this article, and it was titled, 13 Things You Stop Caring About When You Turn 40. And it's from this website called flashpack.com. I think it's a travel site. Granted, I didn't dig into it too much. It just looks like they do pretty epic trips all over the world. Looks actually pretty awesome. So I'll link it in the description so you can check it out. And no, I have no affiliation with them. That's not a plug. It's a free plug for them. Um, But no, I'm not getting any kickbacks from that. That's for sure. So I'm just going to read through some of these and see how well they relate to me turning 40 since I just turned 40. Maybe hopefully this will be something a little lighter than what I have been talking about in the past few weeks, something not so serious. So anyways, let's hope for that, right? All right, number one on the list. At 40, we should stop caring about a six-pack. Really? Really? The article says, while not impossible, what is actually the point of it? They also ask, is the dietary torture worth it? Well, I've had a six-pack. It is doable at a later stage in life. I had to work my ass off for it, but I got one, and I was pretty proud of myself. I'd never had one until I was 37 or 38 years old, but it was doable for me. So, And the diet side of it actually wasn't too bad. It's just like I've talked about many, many times before. Better choices. Make better choices. Don't go out to eat all the time. Log your food. That's an important one. If you you need to know what's going in your body to know what your body's doing. So log your food. That's that's an important one. And uh, it's a commitment. They also said no prospective partner or date is going to expect you to have a shredded torso at the age of 40 plus, which is true. I can understand that. I can relate with that. But I also want to try to be and look like the best version of myself for my wife, even after 40, as well as myself too. I want to try to be the best human I can be, I guess. It makes me feel good when I do that as well. Also, going back to the other week when I talked about having big dreams and lofty goals, if wanting a six-pack or having one motivates you, then great. Use it as a tool for that. It's also okay to let it go and focus on other things like being healthy. And honestly, being healthy doesn't mean having a six-pack. That's the 100% truth. I know I don't have a six-pack right now, but I'm still trying to eat as well as I can and stay on top of my health. All right, number two, stop caring about having a midlife crisis. I've talked about this before, and to me, this is kind of a big one. It's kind of a, a big deal. We always hear about the midlife crisis when we're, I don't know, We start really hearing about it in our 30s, and then I guess we should be having one at 40, 40 40-ish, something like that. 
And I've actually been really scared thinking that I'm going to have one or when is a midlife crisis going to spring itself on me and surprise me? Well, they said, don't be scared because by the time you're 40, you should be embracing it because it's not a crisis at all. It's actually just the realization that there's still a lot of stuff that you want to do and you can do in your life. Granted, as long as you have the time for it and probably the money for it, and actually if the money side isn't totally figured out and not there yet, you can still make adjustments and still be able to enjoy things that you realize that you want to do. And I know I've mocked buying boats and sports cars and, I don't know, golf clubs maybe, whatever. Corvettes for one, um, just because I think that's what the typical old guy buys when they're going through one of these quote-unquote crises, crises, crisis, when they're out trying to feel young again. And maybe I shouldn't. Maybe it's just, it's just that time in your life when you realize, hey, I can afford this. Or, hey, why not buy this nice car? Or take this nice trip? Or fill in the blank here? You know, everyone's, we've all worked hard for things, and you're going to treat yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, honestly, that may be me someday. Maybe I'll go buy a Hellcat. Actually, I have a rental charger in the garage. My wife has a rental car right now, and it's a Charger RT, and... It's kind of fun to drive, I'll be honest. Maybe I'll go express my my inner midlife crisis and buy a Hellcat. That'd be pretty rad. Now on the flip side, if your crisis is thinking about infidelity, cheating on your spouse, an affair, or something along those lines, something that's going to detrimentally hurt your partner or your family, you probably should not fulfill that one. I'm just, uh, just throwing that out there. Maybe you should communicate with your spouse, sit down with a therapist, maybe. There's nothing wrong with therapy. You can maybe go down that avenue and try to figure some things out. We want to stay away from the things that could be harmful to our relationship and family. Just, uh, just saying. All right, number three, stop caring about going gray. I'm also going to say stop caring about going bald in this one because... I'm going through that, I think, anyways. Got a little thin, thin up there. I would honestly still go gray over losing my hair. I imagine everybody would, but I'm trying to get better with accepting it and accepting what my hair is doing. I'm taking some pills, some prescription pills. I'm doing some other special things, so hopefully my hair stays where it's at. But gray is kind of to be expected, I think, at this age. I've been getting a few grays in my hair, And I know when I grow a beard, there is quite a bit of gray in there. And honestly, it doesn't really bother me. In some ways, I feel like it makes me look a little distinguished. And my wife doesn't really mind. So, I don't know. It's not not too high on my list. Plus, I've seen some dye jobs. I've seen some dye jobs out there. And, well, they look like dye jobs. So, hard pass on the dye. Just just accept it and, and enjoy it, I guess. All right, number four, stop caring about social media. I preach this all the time. We need to stop letting this consume our lives. I know it's great. I know it's everywhere. It's in our pocket. It's on our phone. And the article says that doesn't mean don't use it, but we just need to not use it in the way others think that we should. They say that us, the 40-plusers, we've learned to function as a citizen and a human without the need to be on social media, to share and react to everything that we see online. And honestly, the less we do that, the better. 
just like we don't want our kids using a shit ton of social media. Mine don't now. Granted, they're very young, but I know it will happen eventually. So we don't want to show them that example of us using it all the time, our faces stuck in our phones, and we're super preoccupied looking at our phones all the time. So that's another good reason to curb your social media because we're we're showing our kids that that's normal behavior to always be looking at a phone. And I'm I'm guilty of that as well and I need to work on that as well. But it's a it's a hard one to stop. We got to try to cut that addiction a little bit. And that's what I think it is. It's an addiction. The phone is an addiction. You probably get a dopamine hit every time you scroll your stupid feed or play your dumb games on there. I know I do. So Plus, like they said, we don't need to share or voice opinions on every single thing we see. I think I already said that, but it's worth saying again. We just just don't need to do that. All right, number five, stop caring about making new friends. Flashpack says it's nice if they come along, but you don't need to go out of your way and go looking for them. And you know, I never really liked that saying, I don't need to make any more friends or I have enough friends. I never really liked those sayings, but in some respects, it's kind of true. When we're young and we're in school, according to the article, we, we search out friends. We, we find those people that we bond with and we want to be around and we have similar interests. But as a working adult, you don't really need to do that anymore. We meet new people at work. We meet people in our neighborhoods. We even meet people in activities that involve our kids. They just kind of pop up around us in all those other situations. But people met in those other situations may not really become permanent friends though either I don't think work friends come and go neighborhood friends the same they come and go and especially things involved around our kids my good friend Bob a really good friend of mine he has grown kids now they're adults and they're married and everything else he always told me that you'll meet other parents through kid functions or sports and get along great and even become good friends with them but once that childhood connection is gone or the sports are over and you no longer see each other those relationships that you made more than likely won't last. And it's not to say that every relationship is like that. Sure, you'll have some that that uh, that last, but not all of them. Because that common bond was around your kids. And if your kids aren't friends anymore or in an activity together anymore, then that adult relationship will more than likely be over as well. So I'm not saying don't be friends with these people or don't put yourself out there, but the, it's more the fact that People come and go, and there's no problem with that. But for me, on the other hand, in a way, I enjoy meeting new people and making adult friends and putting myself out there and building those relationships. It can be a lot of work, and I know some of them won't last, but I guess that's just the way I am, and that's the way it goes. But I feel I need to try, especially since I'm a stay-at-home dad, I'm a stay-at-home parent. I don't have access to work friends. I don't have access to those relationships outside this island of the neighborhood, I like to call it. So yeah, I think I still need to try and make friends because I don't have access to work friends, at least yet. I'll go back to work at some point and start building those, but at least for right now, I don't have it. Moving on, number eight. No, number six. Stop caring about what other people think. Now, This isn't to go so far and think that other people's opinions don't matter and everyone can suck it. But by now, we should know who we are and realize that we can't live our lives constantly worried about what other people think of us. 
We don't need to hang on their opinions and always be looking for others' approval for things in our own lives. Does that make sense? Things we do, our opinions, even things we buy. I mean, hey, I have two big-ass trucks, and they're very loud and probably to some people very obnoxious. But do I care what people think when I drive them or their perception of me? No, I really, I don't even think twice. I don't care about it at all. I also like people to like me, and I may, maybe that's a, something that I deal with, is I, I almost try to go above and beyond to have people like me, and maybe I need to realize that some people may not, and that's okay. I think it takes a lot to be comfortable with this as well, to understand that we all may not fit into someone else's box of what is deemed okay or good. We're all individuals. That's all I'm really saying. So let's just not worry about what other people think. It's bottom line. Hopefully we figured out a lot of these things before we turn 40, but I guess they're things that we should really work on at 40, I guess. Number seven, stop caring, or should I say worrying about hangovers? Flashback says you don't have to worry about if you will get a hangover after an evening of drinking because you 100% will, without a doubt, have one. That is if you drink excessively. I'll agree, there's no argument there. And I remember the days of yore when I could go out and drink quite a bit, then pop up the next morning, get ready for work, and act as if nothing had happened. I mean, I can remember even being so inebriated, feeling pretty awful in the moment, only to wake up the next day with a slight headache and a little bit of tiredness. But I could still function and get out of bed and, and do chores and go to work and do whatever I needed to do that day. But welcome to 40, actually maybe to 30, because it wasn't even that long after my early 20s that alcohol really started to hit me much harder and harder than it was when I was in my 20s. So the older I got, the worse it got. Now, if I drink four or five drinks, I can easily feel like trash the following day for an extended period of time. Like seriously, it, it affects you big time. And I think there was a study, I actually read a study as to why, and it was something about with, I don't know, water retention in the body and some other things. But anyways, if I try to find it, I'll link it so you guys can check it out, but I can't remember the name of it. So anyways, lesson learned, no more hangovers. Yes, we don't need to binge drink anymore to have a good time. We just don't. A few cocktails, socialize, have fun. The days of scoffing at a glass of water between drinks are over, all right? Those are... Those days are done, my friend. We don't need to make fun of somebody sipping on a glass of water when they're out at the bar. No one's going to make fun of you for being responsible. And if they do, just remember the last one. Don't care about what people think, right? There's just no need to overdo it anymore. Those days should really be past us. Vomit trains and bed spins, getting so drunk that you say things to people that you regret the next time you see them. Yes, yeah, so let's, let's hang up that jacket. Let's hang up that coat, please. All right, number eight, stop keeping up with the Joneses. I think, I think I talked about this in an old episode, if I recall, but we all travel at different speeds through life. Everyone has different things that are important to them. Their family, their career, status maybe, or even their material things, and that's, that's okay. We're all different. It's, it's kind of interesting, though, that... We always seem to desire what we don't have. Not everyone, but I think we can all relate with that. We all probably have some memory 
where we wanted what Dave had or we wanted what Christina had, uh, a neighbor or a friend. And those names I just used are fake names, by the way. I don't know those people. But I think we all know this. Nothing new here or, or riveting, really. But I guess the article tells us that we need to ditch that competitiveness and really start enjoying where we are in our own lives and really enjoy our own accomplishments. All right, so I didn't go through all of them in the article, but if you want to read the rest of them, just click the link in the description and you can check it out. Now, a couple that I had kind of thought about myself, which, yes, are also probably not new and cutting edge, but one would be stop living in the past and dwelling on things or even holding grudges. All that does is waste your time and eats you up on the inside, and it's probably something that you should have let go of long ago. Well, really try to get rid of it now. We've all made mistakes in the past. We've all made choices. So what? Just move the f on and learn from your mistakes or learn from your choices and get over it. I've even caught myself there before. Thinking about things I should have done in the past and wishing I made different choices. I can't do shit about it now. So why spend all this extra energy on it and dwelling on it. My grandfather told me once that he had a good chunk of money back in the 80s and he was deciding what he really wanted to do with it. It was, I don't know, I can't remember, $40,000 or something and he, he wanted to invest it and do something with it. And he said he thought about putting it into Microsoft stock. But it was, it was new, stock market was new to him, new company, a little dicey he felt, and he just didn't feel right about doing it. So instead he went and bought a bunch of heavy equipment and he started his own business. Well, fast forward 30 years plus, and did he regret it? You know, I don't know. Maybe he did a little bit because he did tell me about the story when he was much older. But he also had a successful business and a pretty good life in my eyes. So I don't think he made a wrong choice. And also stop holding grudges. Let things kind of go. I've dealt with this as well, and I've been trying to be better with it, I'll be honest. But hanging on to that stuff is just another giant time waste. It just takes up space in your brain, really, when you could be doing other things. Being angry at a person or a situation won't change anything. It's not going to make any difference. I've had a couple people lie to me and screw me over in the past. We all have, I think. It's tough to forgive and forget, as they say, but that's what you got to try and do. Even people that did really stupid shit towards me, and then they've prospered and and succeeded and I, I really try to forgive them in my head and be happy for them. They're really making something of themselves, making something for themselves and I should be happy for that. I really should. Negativity is bad, yo, all right? That was kind of silly, but anyways. All right, last one is treat yourself. We're middle-aged now, people. Uh, we're far enough in our lives that we don't want or need to sleep on someone's futon or couch, I'll be honest. I appreciate the offer, I really do, but I think I'm gonna go get a hotel for a hundred bucks. So what I'm saying is we don't necessarily need to be cheap. We can, we can spring for things for ourselves. We can treat ourselves. We don't need to save $90 on the hotel. We don't need to put ourselves through that, mainly our backs through that. Futons don't sleep well. <laughs> And also, if you've been looking at picking something up or looking about taking that trip and you can afford it, then maybe just do it. Life's too short to sit around and let those things pass you by and dwell on them and not do them. 
What are we waiting for, right? Just do it like the shoes say. All right, so that's about all I have for today's episode of Stay at Home Dad's podcast. So I really appreciate you listening and sitting in with me today. Yes, I know none of these things, though, are new and riveting and earth-shattering, but maybe it's just a few things that we all needed to hear. It's kind of fun to go through them and see how we react to them and where we lie with all of these these tips, I guess. 40 is 40, people. Uh, It's time to let certain things go and embrace other things. we got to take care of our health, surround ourselves with people that we care about, embrace the gray, right? I don't need to show the world uh, the photo of my hamburger that I took over at Red Robin, even though I do like to take pictures of my food sometimes, but maybe I shouldn't post them. And also, hangovers are a thing of the past because we should not be drinking that much anyways, okay? Cocktails with the buddies and socially drinking is fine. Let's try to stay away from that binge drinking and making ourselves feel like shit the next day. And also don't forget to treat yourself. It's not called a midlife crisis. It's just knowing that you have a lot of life left to live and we just don't need to be afraid to live it. Sounds kind of cliche, but that's okay. Also, like always, if you have any questions for me or you want to yell at me for any particular reason, please do so on my social media. It's on Instagram at VegasRamer. You can reach me there. Or over at Podbean.com. You can leave a comment on an episode or on the main page, whatever you want to do. And also, please share this show with friends and family. Tell them they can get it on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, as well as Spotify. And that's it. That's all I got. So thank you for listening again, and I'll talk to you next week.